Hello and welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. This is where we talk about money, investing and all things personal finance. I'm your host, Peter Komalafe, and it's my mission to help you make the best financial decisions because money is a tool, life is for living. But first, a couple of words for me. If you don't know already, I have a new monthly magazine, which is now out. You can go and join that magazine subscription list. It is free at theconvo.io. That's theconvo.io. Also, if you're completely unaware, I also have a Discord group, which I would love for you to join. It's going to be a small community where I can take questions from you, where we can build a deeper relationship. There will be a link to that in the show notes. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the podcast. It's another Monday morning. I hope you had an amazing weekend. This episode is going to be slightly different. We're going to talk about something that links to money, links to our mindsets, links to our goals, links to why we get up in the morning. You know, the the motto on this on this podcast is money is a tool, life is for living. And the life is for living part is very, very important. And if money is so important to help us build a life that we're living, there are certain things that we should naturally be paying attention to. How we perceive our goals, how we perceive the world around us, how we feel motivated to wake up in the morning to go out and do what is necessary to build the life that we need using the money that we earn. And today I have a guest on who is more than qualified to talk about this specifically. He has written a book called The Purpose Cycle. Um, he and I met about a year and a year ago or so, um, and he's followed the content here on Conversation of Money for some time. He had goals himself, which just catching up before we started to uh, record this, he's met all those goals, which is absolutely amazing. And I thought I wanted to have him on to kind of talk about his philosophy and a little bit about his book and the theory behind his book, because it's all about personal development, self-development. So I am more than honored to introduce Jonathan Tucker. Jonathan, mate, welcome. Hello. Thank you, Peter, for having me. I'm absolutely delighted to be on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Really do appreciate it. Can you just introduce yourself for everyone who is listening so they can kind of get a gauge on you and, and what you do? Yes, absolutely. So yeah, hello everybody. My name is Jonathan Tucker and I am primarily a school teacher uh, from East Yorkshire. And I got into self-development from quite an early age uh, when I was late teens uh, going into university. And from there on, really, I've studied self-development for a number of years in terms of things such as confidence building, public speaking, uh, relationships, uh, money, and also finding your purpose. And that is kind of what's led me to the purpose cycle. I've been following uh, Peter's content for quite some time now, uh, as you know, many of obviously you guys have, and found a lot of value in that. And it, it's, a, it's a case of trying to spread the message, essentially, and make sure that we can all self-development. Uh, we can all be fans of self-development in many ways. And my job as a teacher, I look to develop uh, children in terms of intellectually, but also as people. And I found such a love of doing that, that I wanted to spread that to the masses, essentially, and try and spread the message to as many people as possible about us all becoming our best selves. This is a really good introduction to you, actually, because I think that the stuff that you do as a teacher is very, very important. And what we're going to talk about 100% applies to adults. 
But as you know, as adults, we have like baggage and bad habits and we already have preconceived notions and ideas that through no fault of our own tend to, I don't know, shape how we see the world, so on and so forth. And your philosophy around the purpose cycle, which we get into at the moment, that is so crucial for our kids before they get into the preconceived notions, before experience and maybe the bitterness and harshness of the world kind of shapes the way they view the world. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, your work in the actual schools and stuff like that. How do you kind of fuse in? Actually, let's start with purpose cycle first. Okay. So we can kind of understand what that is, yeah. then go to the go to how that might actually work into, into education and, and stuff that you're doing in school. Okay, so the purpose cycle all stemmed from, it's a concept which was eventually turned into a book, which we'll obviously speak more about later on. But the purpose cycle stemmed from the first lockdown in the UK uh, due to the pandemic. And for me, the lockdown held a mirror up to myself, like it did for many people, because we had a lot of time and that time we'd not really had before. Uh, and when you have a lot of time, you kind of be at one with your thoughts. And for me, it held that mirror up and I didn't really like what I was seeing. I was always quite highly motivated, but I could never really access my goals with conviction. I would always kind of get into something and do it at entry level, as I'd call it. And that would be great. You know, I'd, you know, go, go and do some running or, you know, save a little bit of money for a holiday, but long sustainable goals is something that I could never really commit to. Uh, and that was all because of habits, because when you're in that situation, when you have to stay in, you kind of have to go two ways, one of two ways. You can either go into negative habits or positive habits. So for me, I knew that I had the kind of personality that would sort of spiral into a certain habit. I could spiral forward or spiral backwards and not in too much of a negative context, but I would, I could end up procrastinating quite a lot uh, and making the most of the time that was given to me by being lazy. Or I could flip it the other way and think, actually, this is a time to get ahead of people who are doing the same thing. Because there was a time where we were all sort of feeling quite negative because of the media and everything that was around us. And I could choose to shut off from that and actually look to move forward whilst I knew a lot of my peers at work were maybe taking that time off and having that well-deserved rest that we all wanted to give ourselves, which was great. But at the same time, I was thinking... I'm going to enroll on courses. I'm going to, you know, try and improve myself by reading books, which I was never much of a reader prior to, to the lockdown, to be honest. Um, and, and, you know, try and improve myself in many different ways. So that mirror that was held up to me was a picture that I really didn't like. And the main thing, like I said, was habits. And the main thing within my habits was the way that I saved and spent money. I saved money poorly. I spent money like it was been holding my pocket. So that was something as well that I wanted to look at, which then obviously led to accessing your content and meeting yourself. It's interesting you talk about habits there because that's something that I've I've certainly learned through through my own experience, and I think sometimes we can take this for granted in terms of, you know, our habits are informed by our behaviours, which, from an underlying point of view, come from a mindset. So for you, obviously, with the the purpose cycle, it's a way of you know sort of thinking. It's a it's a concept. Yeah. How much of the purpose cycle is based on mindset and the importance of mindset in looking at habits, in looking at goals, in looking at life as a as a general 
well, kind of yeah. realm of existence? I think uh, it's a great question. And I, I believe that mindset is the overarching theory of the whole concept, to be honest, because I was always quite a physically active person. I would be able to, you know, go out running, go to the gym, play football, whatever it was. And I love doing physical challenges. I've run marathons, climbed mountains, all of those kinds of things. But what I never really worked on enough was my mental fitness and mental challenges. And that's where it all came in, trying to instill good habits into myself. And the purpose cycle was what I was trying to give to myself in terms of advice, but also Mm -hmm. I was writing a I always do like an end of year speech good luck speech to my students before they went up to high school and I wanted to talk about the seasons that they would go through in their life so um I could prepare them intellectually yes but I wanted to give them the mindset like you said before any of the external factors got to the children I wanted to make sure that they could have the correct mindset that would first of all be bulletproof to deal with anything negative coming into themselves so that they could sort of become impervious to the outside world. They could think for themselves and and not let that um, kind of negativity penetrate their thinking, but also be able to view life through a positive lens because there's so much positive in the world. And if we can view it through that positive lens, then it will certainly help build our mindset. So the, the theory of the purpose cycle is that life starts with an aspiration. So the aspiration side mm-hmm. of things is we have a, a dream and a goal and we would like to do it. And more often than not at a young age, that comes where we see the end result. So we see people driving the nice cars or having the nice houses because younger people see that. They see their footballers, idols on TV, they see actors and they, they see all of this. But what they don't see is a metric that they can compare themselves to because they've not had the life experience yet. So what we need to instill into younger people and adults as well, because it's becoming quite commonplace with social media, is what is your metric? What do you want to aspire to do within yourself? And then moving forward with that, if I quickly go through the purpose cycle, and we can obviously delve into it later on, is Mm -hmm. the, the realization of a goal. So actually the realization is this is harder than it looks. Maybe I'm not well equipped to do this yet, but I will give myself the tools And maybe I need to change something about myself or my circle of friends around me or whoever it is to ensure that I give myself the correct environment. And that is quite a harsh process because a lot of the time you have to look inwards before you look outwards to other people. Following the realization is the initiation stage because we need to at some point start with our goals. So when I interviewed you last year, uh, Peter, on my podcast, I was terrified because I'd accessed a lot of your content and I'd not yet been an experienced podcaster, but I managed to get a, a conversation with you and I had to just begin. I had to do it, even though I could look back now and think, why did I ask this question? Why did I ask that question? It's helped me now for who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, following the initiation is the creation stage, which is day-to-day showing up, attend, you know, keeping those positive habits that you've, you've started in the initiation stage and all of that leads to fruition, which is the the sort of rewards that you reap for what you sow in those other stages. And and that always kicks into another aspiration, good or bad. You know, if you don't get that job, but you were close, it it ignites a new aspiration to try again or do something different. But if you do get what you want to do, you can kick on and level up your expectations. And like we said about an aspiration and having a metric, your new metric, your new standard becomes higher. You've mentioned some things in there that are really, really they resonate with me so, so much. You mentioned one thing though, that I do want to kind of like maybe elaborate on. You mentioned that sometimes you have to maybe be honest with, do you need to change your cycle? Like your environment, the people that you're with. I've had that. And 
it was a very, very pivotal moment for me. It was during a time when I was relatively young, I was doing music, but I was hanging around with with the wrong crowd, just was. Um, we weren't really getting up to anything good. Um, if anything, we probably were doing things that we should have been locked up for. And I had this moment, this realization at one point that, hang on a second, this is like a dead end. And the the decision to walk away from that circle of friends, that group of friends, it was a real difficult one, a painful one, because all of a sudden I'm, I'm isolating myself from my circle, my social circle, and like my my sphere of existence going into something that I'm completely unaware of. And I think to a certain extent for me, it was almost like reinventing yourself, being reborn to a certain extent. When you have conversations with kids, and I wonder whether kids are in the schools are able to comprehend the importance of that when you're speaking about it, because I think sometimes you have to be in that position from and have that epiphany in order for it to really make sense. I'm, my my yeah. mom and dad used to tell me, you know, if you're running around in, this, in, the, in the wrong circles, it's no good. And back then you just think, yeah, you're just being boring. What do you know? But when you're there, the re- it really does make sense. That it's almost like that penny drops yeah. and you have a light bulb moment. So, yeah, exactly. And, and you cannot stop yourselves from making mistakes because mistakes happen. It's, it's part of life and you need to become comfortable with making mistakes, essentially. I, I write about it in the book, I say, each perceived failure is an opportunity to learn. So it's about actually giving mm. the children the tools to cope with the failure and maybe thinking I have to start again because what I've noticed about our kind of era, our generation, is that I see a lot of people stuck in dead-end jobs because they feel like it's too late. I see a lot of people in relationships they don't want to be in because they feel like they can't get out. And I also see people hang around with the wrong crowds because they think this is me now uh, and this is who I am. So it's about actually giving the children uh, a message that they can change whenever they want. They can make the right choices and right decisions. You can guide them a certain way. And, and you know, some, some children will take that up from an early age and be sort of fans of personal development. I've seen Marcus Rashford has written a book about personal development to two younger children. I think that's brilliant. It gets them into the genre early mm-hmm. and self-development yeah. is, is throughout the whole entire journey of life. So, you know, as long as they continue to pick up those, those nuggets of information and, and, you know, change themselves constantly and evolve, then you can kind of feel safe in the knowledge that they will make mistakes. They may, you know, kind of drift towards a crowd, but then realize have that realization. It's about putting context around environments rather than telling them what to do. And the purpose cycle is all about that. It's about having a context of where you are in your journey. It's it's me saying, I don't have all of the answers for you, but here are the tools to help you find them. And and that is what it's all about really. So for, for children, they should embrace failure, anticipate it, and become at peace with it because I struggled with failure for a long time. And if I was hanging around a certain circle thinking, this is who I am, actually, as you mature older, you feel brave enough to take the leap. Yeah. For you then, I mean, you've been through the cycle and it's your kind of like your concept, your brainchild and stuff. I mean, you, you said at the beginning of the pandemic, obviously you had this kind of like epiphany, you went through that that period where you kind of looked at things and, and everything. Is it easy to confront those types of um, realizations? I mean, how did you find it? Was it painful? Was it difficult? Was What was the general sense when you were kind of looking at it? It, it is very painful, I think, at first, because 
it, you have to strip away the the pride and the ego to a certain extent because you have to look inwards. Uh, I have sort of grown up with a certain sense of victim culture, as many children have who have been from relatively privileged backgrounds, I would say, uh, middle class bringing up. It's kind of the, it's everyone else's fault. You know, they're against you. The upper class don't want you to be here. You know, we're emerging from lower class and, and you know, it's kind of not new money, but you kind of feel like you've got, you know, people to blame. And once mm-hmm. people fall into that trap, they start viewing the, len- the the life through a negative lens. They start to think, well, that person's out for me or, you know, they didn't give me the job because they must have had someone internal um, who they could. And you kind of make excuses up. So having that conversation with myself, I had to kind of sit down and think, right, what am I doing? What What's making me um, stop myself from reaching who I want to be? And it's thinking long term. I love a Matthew McConaughey quote that he talks about in his book, Green Lights. He says, chase your hero and your hero has to be you in 10 years time. You're never going to get to your hero because he's always going to be 10 years away. And it made me think, wow, this is how powerful reading can be and how I can open my mind. And that's why I started writing. I thought, I'm going to write the advice to myself now. I'm going to try and chase my own hero and be my own hero. And this is how it all began. I thought, what would I tell myself? Well, I'd tell myself that I can procrastinate at times. I can blame other people for my shortfalls. I can, you know, spend money and say, well, you know, it's it's everybody else's fault because they've got a lifestyle that I have to keep up with. Well, actually, what can I change? What can I affect? You can control your environment and the environment dictates results. Absolutely. I love that saying, by the way, it is a really, really good saying. And I think it's so um, appropriate for the landscape of social media and the world as it is right now, because I think there's way too much attention and focus put on celebrities and chasing what they have and not really thinking about it from an an internal point of view. When I was in Canary Wharf and through my professional world, one of the things with my life, one of the things that I've always kind of held close to me is something that one of my managers used to say to me control the controllables it's like everything else don't worry about it because you can't influence it you can't do anything about it it's going to happen so there's no point spending time wasting your energy worrying or blaming yourself or letting it impact you you've got certain things within your sphere of control that you need to focus on if you can control those things and focus on those things you have a greater level of control over some of those external factors that you can't because you've done what you can within your own capability to ensure that all of the knowns that you that you have to tick off are completely and utterly covered, depending on obviously how dedicated you are to that. And that kind of leads me on to the next question around, you know, what do you think is the key for people finding their purpose? Because there is a lot of, um, I guess, we romanticize the idea of, having a purpose, being fulfilled. But what do you think is the key for people really, really tuning into what their purpose is? I think the key is for people to, to find their purpose and to experience that is to go through a lot of experiences in life. Um, in, in my book, I talk about three timelines in my life. So three separate occasions where I've gone to chase a purpose and I've improved, I've found myself improving. Uh, and if I've kind of, by stopping to chase something, and actually being present, being self-aware and focusing on myself, I've managed to improve 
my situation in life and then kick on to the next stage. So it's a, it's basically, I feel like purpose is that constant evolution of self and, and looking to kind of build up the aspects of your life. There's a Japanese concept called Ikigai and it's basically piecing together the things in life that you, you know, that you're passionate about, the people around you that you love, the things that, you know, you're talented at, things that you can get paid for and having this kind of self actualization which we may also delve into a little bit later on and and being at peace with yourself and that will inevitably help you enjoy time and enjoy life and and as you said life is for living and and you know you say a lot on your podcast it is for living so if we always think about the end result and we chase the dream we're not going to enjoy the life around us at the minute. So what I've really found from writing the purpose cycle and, and being experienced and living the purpose cycle is that the process is so much fun. So let's enjoy that. Let's embrace development and actually think about that end goal, that fulfillment later on in life. That's why I didn't call the, the end stage fulfillment. I called it fruition because we always mm-hmm. enjoy that, that victory that we have. However, we think, what's the next thing? Uh, obviously speaking yeah. to your affair beforehand you're you're always thinking about the next thing and i love it because it's like we're going to keep going we can't stop here we're, we're always moving forward and that's what your purpose is it's finding something that gets you out of bed in the morning that really you know gets the blood pumping and gets you motivated to go but also it keeps that discipline it makes you check in with yourself it makes you think is this what i want my future self to do do i want to lay in bed and you know skip that meeting or you know, we don't do that. We we associate ourselves with positive behaviors when we're passionate about something. And, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. as Simon Sinek says, you know, working hard for something we don't care about is called stress, but working hard for something we do care about is called passion. And that's the, the nail on the head. That is so true. That is absolutely true. It there's some interesting points. You're dropping on all these gems at the moment. <laughs> and as you're as you're as you're saying all these things. I'm questioning my myself as well and where I am at, at the moment. And I have I have to ask you a question actually, just because I'm I'm interested to hear your take on this. And this very much speaks to the fruition side of the cycle. Obviously, it's a continual kind of like cycle. So this is me being honest and me being like, I know that this to a certain extent is a fault of mine in terms of like I'm the kind of person that I always, once I'm here, it I've got to go for the next thing. And we talked a lot about, we talked a little bit about um, appreciation and being content before we started recording this and being, um, having gratitude for where you are right now. I think I'm very, very conscious that I'm always very grateful of, right, I'm here. And if I look back five to 10 years, I can appreciate the journey where I am. But I think, and my missus just, this drives her nuts, by the way. She's like, okay, so when is enough enough? Like, when are you going to stop doing that? And to me, I'm kind of like, okay, but I need something to be passionate about. And I guess the question is, do you feel as though having a constant high bar to me can be harmful if you haven't got, you mentioned some really important things there, the things that really make life that worth family? you know, things that you're passionate about worthwhile. Because I think maybe I struggle a little bit with that. And I'm still trying to make sense of it because, you know, my my background, I don't have a typical family structure. I don't really know what family is like. And for me, I kind of feel that maybe I miss a little bit when it comes to that side of things. And maybe that's why I keep looking at things to continually, continually start to aim for, even after I've hit some pretty lofty goals. Mm -hmm. 
what do you think is important in that fruition cycle to ensure that you don't lose sight of what really, really matters? Well, I think if we had, if we were looking up, staring at, you know, Mount Everest, for example, and we just saw, you know, the summit, but there was no steps in between, we didn't see a route, we didn't see a starting point, then we'd become really disheartened. So having that mm-hmm. high goal is always a great thing to have because that's what separates yourself from a lot of other people, a lot of other creators who are trying to do what you're doing at this moment, Peter. And you should always applaud yourself for that. And that's the point. You need to applaud yourself for that. So having a, a real tangible idea of what the smaller steps look like before reaching the ultimate goal is definitely something I would say is is really important. And having that time to stop, hit pause. I've seen, obviously, you go to Dubai, uh, you know, a, a couple of times I've seen you go as I've been following you. And I feel like, obviously, it's a great place to go and work and things like that, but it's also great to get away from the norm and just have a breath and think, right, what am I really grateful for? So practicing gratitude for me is the way that I do that. So I journal and I write in three things before I go to bed. I write three things I'm going to accomplish the next day. So I know what goals I'm hitting, what which small steps I'm hitting, what's going to really make my day great. And it could be three tiny things. But also at the end of the day, I write what I'm grateful for. And, and in the morning as well, I write mm. three things I'm grateful for. So I wake up and I think, right, I'm grateful for, you know, the roof over my head, my wife, you know, I'm grateful for another day at work. You know, a lot, a lot of people are, are, you know, could be out of work or going through a tough time. So enjoying the smaller things in life is definitely something I, I would say to, to look at. And by writing them down, it just puts it onto paper. And it also makes it real rather than just thinking them in your head or mm. typing them in your phone. And when, it, when you hit yeah. those kind of mini goals, like um, for example, like you million views on YouTube, for example, it could be that we do take that time, but I intentionally block it. So when I, when my book uh, was officially published, I was like, right. So you know, on this night, I'm going to take a couple of hours. I'm going to really enjoy it. I'm going to switch my phone off. Uh, I'm going to, you know, pour myself a glass of wine or whatever it is and really kick back and enjoy it and pat yourself on the back because you do deserve that. Uh, I keep reeling off all these, these quotes, but there's a, there's a really good TikTok I've seen and it's a Snoop Dogg. I don't know if you've seen it and he goes, I want to thank me. And I want to thank me for believing yeah. in me. And that is, I was like, yeah. wow, that is brilliant. Because nobody <laughs> has the guts to say it. Yeah. No one ever goes, because it, it feels like you're being big. I think it's actually, yeah, I think it's often overlooked as yeah. well. I think it's often overlooked. And I think it's really, really, it's, it's true though, because I think it's overlooked and we don't feel as though we can say those things or we should say those things when it's like, hang on a second you took you took the step you decided to take the step you understand and realize how difficult it's been yeah. you know that you've wanted to quit but you persevered and stuff and i think that that is very very important mm. do we have the courage to say it though all the time no, no not, not necessarily not as publicly anyway as snoop dogg but there's something that yeah. actually i think and i recommend you can, you can do it's um there's a website called future me and this isn't a paid ad or anything this is just something that i do every year at futureme.org and it's an email that you can send to yourself in the future and basically oh, you nice. type up your email you put your email address in and you hit send and you well you click the, the time that you want it so it could be six months it could be a year it could be 10 years from now and i've been doing this since i was about 15 years old i discovered it when i was at school and every single year on new year's eve i get an email and it's something it's from me last year and you know, and it started because I was struggling to revise for my exams, my GCSEs. 
And I was like, right, I need to be accountable. So I, I, I typed up the email, this is what you're going to do in a year from now, this is what you're going to be doing, send. And I knew that that email was coming. And the great thing about it is, yes, it's accountable, but when you read it, you think, oh, wow, I've actually come really far because this was me last year, yeah. this is me this year. So yeah, giving yourself that pat on the back, even if it's in an email form or if it's in writing on paper, is usually a better way to go than announcing it on TikTok. But, you know, each to their own. Absolutely, absolutely. I didn't know about Future Me, by the way. I didn't. Actually, I will have a look into that. I mean, I set goals and I have a journal. So back end of last year, I kind of like sat down and I did a review actually of my 2021 on the podcast. Yeah. It was my last episode for 2021. And I looked back at all, all over my goals and I was like, okay, I've done okay. There were a couple that I didn't meet, but to be honest, some of them were just completely outside of my control. I couldn't do anything about it. But the ones that I did meet and I met majority of my goals, I was like, actually, when I look back, it's been an, it's been a great year and I look back and it gives you confidence moving forward. And I think that's really, really important because imposter syndrome is a real thing. Mm. Like, am I, am I the right person to be doing this? Should I be doing this? What do other people think? So on and so forth. And just taking that moment, I think is really, really important. It does as well. Yeah. And what I was going to add to that was sometimes it's great to have those smaller goals because Something I'm going to be really vulnerable now and say something that really terrifies me is having a goal like an like an Everest in a way because where do you go from there? So um, I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan of the likes of Tyson Fury and 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 Stephen Bartlett and all of these big public figures who have publicly said that they've experienced the ultimate goal, the ultimate high, very early on in their journey, and then they're like, what next? So I think it's great to have those stepping stones and have something that's extremely lofty uh, and extremely, you know, high pitch to try and aim for because you you have to keep going. If you set yourself a really low attaining goal and then you reach it, then where do you go from there? So it's all about trying to set mm-hmm. yourself lofty goals. And I'm almost terrified of, of reaching that point of, of Everest, the summit of Everest. I've, uh, I watched the the Ant Middleton documentary, Extreme Everest. And and after he climbed it, I, I was thinking, what would I do if I was in his shoes? I'd probably break down and think, what on earth do I do now? Because I've climbed the top of the world. So so yeah. having those lofty goals are great because they're, you know, even if they're astronomical, because you know that you can always build towards them. And usually they should be experienced a lot later on in life. Yeah. Do you, what, do you have a, a massive lofty goal? It's an interesting one. Um, I kind of, I'm seeing how things go with with the book. I would just, I kind of happened before we started recording because I said, if I could have one person message me and say, John, I've read this quote and it really resonated with me, then I'd be really happy. So I was like, wow. Um, but in terms of like a career goal, it would probably be to be that person who would be able to travel for something he's passionate about as part of his career Mm -hmm. so so for me you know if i was booked to go into to america and and give a talk about purpose or whatever it would be that would be my ultimate fruition essentially and to think wow this is my career now um because i love education i love being part of education but i look at the people who have stemmed from education and gone into this kind of world of self-improvement um, Simon Sinek in more of a business sense, but Jordan Peterson was a, a lecturer before he went into the self-improvement. You see mm-hmm. all of these people doing this kind of thing. 
I, I ended up getting into teaching because I really struggled socially to speak in front of people. I found it really nerve wracking. So then to be able to deliver a message and think if I could deliver this across the world, that would be probably, I would say the ultimate goal. Um, and then I would be quite scared because I think, what would I do next? You know, if I, I, I can imagine it happening now, if I, you know, I've got paid to go and speak at, in Dubai and I could be sat in my hotel, hotel room afterwards and think, what do I do now? Yeah. Um, and that would yeah. be quite, it's quite scary. It's exciting because it's something that would be incredible, but then after that burns out, what next? So, so yeah, it's always about yeah. evolving. Yeah. That's, that's a very, very interesting. I, and I'm sure that you will get there because I think you have a very unique take on, on this. Um, certainly because this whole concept has come about because of your own self-realization. And I think that's really, really important because I'm a firm believer that it doesn't matter what we're going through in life. Other people are going through it as well. And just being able to speak, to share, lets people know that they're not on their own. And when you are able to spread your message and speak from that point of view, it's, it's amazing how people resonate with what you're saying, because it feels like you almost have like uh, a companion who you can reference for a journey to let you know that it's going to be okay. Okay, if he did that, I'm going to try that. And if he did that, I can do that as well. And I, I think you'll, you'll, be, you'll be great. And I think you'll do fine with the, with the book. So talk, talk to me about the book and everything. You, you, before mm. we started recording, you said that you've got hard copies coming out. Is that right? Yeah. So basically the book came about because of I was offering advice to myself. And each night before I'd go to sleep, I was writing stuff down and, and writing my speech to my class. And then the purpose cycle was born. So, yeah, I started scribbling notes down. And, and then I thought, well, this is I think I've got some ideas here and started to compile together these ideas and from obviously reading and getting really into reading, I noticed how there's a lot of like memoirs and, and narrative. And like you said, uh, having a story to tell is something that's really important. I, I believe that everybody has a book in them. And I felt like my mm. story would be kind of connecting to real people just like yours is. And I've got to say documentary certainly did that as well. It, it resonated with, with real people. Uh, and you know, you can watch your, your Aunt Middleton's or whoever, but they're all celebrities now. When you reach a certain status, people, yeah. you kind of get a little bit unrelatable. Um, mm -hmm. it, and it's by no fault of theirs, it's just how things go. And so I started writing the book and I started writing timelines in my life where I've experienced these certain stages. And I've been through the aspiration, the realization, initiation, creation, fruition. And from then on, I was like, right, it's you know time to put this into chapters and yeah, that was about a year ago now. Uh, I started speaking to you about a year ago. I started to launch a podcast to build an audience and bang, here we are. And, and the, yes, the hard copies from today have uh, of, of launched on Amazon as we're recording this right now. So today was where the, the hard copies, the paperbacks have arrived and they'll be coming to my house tomorrow, the pre-orders. And it's it's going to be really crazy holding it in my hand as a physical copy. But yeah, it's crazy. Book, yeah. The ebook came out in December just before Christmas. And, and that was a crazy thing to see on Amazon, to be able to search for me and it be on there. Uh, and that's still that's yeah. still going on now. You know, shameless plug here, but it's 99p. So it's, it's not an expensive yeah. thing to go and get. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, to hold the physical copy is going to be crazy tomorrow. I'm just going to be yeah. overwhelmed. But that's what it's done for me. You know, I've found my, my dream and I've gone after it and another purpose cycle starts. I'm looking at the next thing and, and that's what it's all about. You've got to keep moving forward. It's not yeah. selfish and it's, 
And it's not arrogant to say, I want to better myself. And once you hit that point of fruition, it's the next thing. Yeah. I, I have to say, I did look at the book because um, I want a paper, like a hard copy to to basically have. And I looked at it, I think it was last week or so, and I know there was a Kindle version on Amazon. So I will order one literally as we finish recording this. Um, to To finish this off, I wonder, and I think you may have already touched on this slightly during this conversation, but in case anybody has missed it, what would you see, what would you say has been your biggest lesson so far? And what tips would you like to leave the listeners with? So, yeah, my biggest lesson so far is, I would say, become comfortable with failure because we cannot move forward without failure. Failure is that perceived sort of perceived failure because to you it might be catastrophic, but to the next person it could just be a bump in the road or, or nothing even major. But each perceived failure is an opportunity to learn and grow, and that has been the big lesson for me throughout this whole thing. And putting yourself in a position where you can be vulnerable. I was you know, more than confident enough to put myself in a position to make a really bad podcast. It could be a really bad podcast. I'm not selling it well. No, it, I, I thought, well, in 10 years, I'm going to think this is really bad because I will have grown a lot. I've, you know, in 10 mm -hmm. years from now, hopefully book two or book three will be out and I'll think, wow, my first book, I've come on loads since then, but I was prepared to put myself out there. I'm sure you can resonate with this with YouTube. If you look at your current videos compared to your first videos, there is some element of growth there and you think, wow, you know, I've come on a lot and you had to at one point start. You can't just wait until yeah. you're an expert because you become an expert by learning and failing and growing. So that was the big lesson for me. And uh, I, I was thinking about tips that you was asking before the podcast, you know, one big message that I could give at the end. And for me, I've taken it from my creation phase because that's the day in, day out grind of what you're doing. And I want all of the listeners to try and bring impact to their lives and their ideas. So impact is an acronym. Um, it, it goes innovate have something to measure, be positive, have accountability, have conviction, and have trust in the process. So the, the innovate is obviously, to innovate is to change, to alter or to have a complete revolution of what you're doing. So having that evaluation, you can think, what am I going to alter? Being able to measure, obviously, the Conversation of Money podcast, you can measure by looking at your monetary gains, what, what you're saving, mm -hmm. investing, and what you're having for yourself in the future. But also, I think time is a really good measure. So by this day, I will have this amount of money, or I will have this, you know, ready to move on with my goals. Uh, the positivity, like I said before, if you view life through a positive lens, the world is a much better place. Understanding that things mm -hmm. happen for us, not to us. So, you know, that, that bump in the road is for you to grow stronger. And like you said before, control the controllables. And yes, we might not be able to control every situation, but we can certainly control our response to that. Um, the, the accountability, the A, is, you know, are your peers keeping you accountable? Are you keeping yourself accountable? Are you using community? I know, obviously, you've done accountability circles before. All of those things are amazing for that. Uh, having conviction, how you do one thing is how you do everything and making sure that you really do nail down with your goals. It could be something as simple as making the bed in the morning to make sure that you've got that momentum for the day ahead and then you can commit to it. If you're going to save money, don't put away £20, then £10 and £5 and £150. Be consistent and have that conviction. And finally, trust the process because you will get there someday. You've just got to have the trust that you will do and understanding that things are positive and happen for you will compound over time. You don't just lose 
you know, 50 pounds straight away, you have to do it over time. Uh, in terms of weight, that is not money. Uh, obviously, in terms of mm-hmm. your gains, your, your stocks and shares, they compound over time, interest compounds. So understanding that and, and impact, that is the way I, I would break it down really and simplistically for the listeners. Brilliant. There is a quote that you um, that you that you posted, and we spoke about this before we started recording. And I just yeah. want to read this out to everybody because I think this is a really really nice um, tone to end this on. You you said on here once you begin to celebrate the victories of other people rather than feel the bitterness and anger associated with jealousy, then you can be assured you're on a journey to self actualization, becoming at peace with oneself. And if you have just listened to that just take a moment to think about it because i think in the world that we live at the moment with social media it's very very easy for us to focus on everything else that's happening around us in opposed to what's happening in our own lives and what we can control aspiring to other people's expectations and their um i guess social media gimmick of a life that we think is real or think is realistic and the ultimate truth is we don't know what's happening behind the scenes of all of this gloss this romanticized uh photoshopped glamorized images on social media we have no idea what's happening behind the scenes and so that self-actualization and being at peace with oneself is really really important and it's that it's that matthew mcconaughey mcconaughey quote as well you know, you should be chasing yourself as the hero, really, to be honest. And Jonathan, let people know how to get the book. Is Amazon any other outlets? Yeah, it's on Amazon uh, primarily. It will be on the likes of Waterstones and W.H. Smith in the, in the coming weeks and months. 